if I could describe to get my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanco. y'all and welcome to the get my life tour it is me your host Lydia T Blanco you know that I'm excited that you decided to show up for yourself and take center stage in your life how you live your life is your business and I am so glad that you are on tour with me I cannot believe that we've gotten as far as we have on this tour and the heavy hitters just continue to show up. And today I have another one taking center stage with me, a phenomenal woman. When I tell you today's conversation is going to be so timely, please believe me because it is time to talk about balancing entrepreneurship and career. Can we have it all? Hmm. It's a good question, right? So To help me answer that question and to talk about this journey, this intricate journey, is none other than Sherelle Sampson, who is the founder and CEO of Canvi. She is a boss. She is an entrepreneur. She is a career woman. She is so many things, and I will let her share who she is in her own words. But help me in welcoming Sherelle to the Get My Life Tour. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lydia. It's a pleasure, one, just knowing you. And I am just so proud of the platform that you've built here. So I'm excited to be with you and in all of your family. You all right? Yes. Okay. And so ready to dive into it. Super, super excited. My goodness. Thank you so much. You know, I always am like rooting for you. I'm like, come on, Sherelle, since we first connected, I'm like, okay, we need to have this conversation. And you are someone who truly pours into other women, you know, and I, I appreciate your humility as well. Someone once told me um, that humility mastered is pride. And I was like, hmm, I think I have to argue with that a little bit hmm. because there's something so powerful about being who you are confidently. Mm-hmm. And not needing to be boastful, Mm. but also being so generous. You know, you come off as a very generous person and confident, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And I think that positions you uniquely in your industry. Mm. Yes, I, I, I think that comes from whatever is your foundation to, right? Mm. Um, and whatever secures you. And so just so your guest is aware. So I am Sherelle Sampson, as you mentioned. I am the founder and CEO of Canby. And we are a health and wellness brand um, that focuses and develops premium scalp and body care solutions. But to your point, um, you know, just to kind of kick it off one, I just want to thank you for that. But I think that's what life is about, right? Like mm-hmm. having a strong foundation. And if you do that, you, you don't seek other things. You don't seek validation from other people. You just kind of stand in your truth. Um, and you go about your life and however it's received by others, you know, you will feel that, you know, mm-hmm. 
I agree 100%. You know, and I love asking people this, and sometimes it, it catches people off guard, but I have to ask you, who is Sherelle Sampson in your own words? Oh, that's a deep one. Um, so uh, I am originally from the Bahamas. So whenever I sort of identify with who I am, um, I'm born and raised from Nassau, Bahamas. And and in addition to that, I'm also a survivor. And I say that because my childhood was pretty um Interesting. I'll say it that way. We, my family and I, we probably moved about 20 plus times, um, just a lot of instability. And so through all of that, right, it's been a journey for me to navigate and sort of develop who I am. What do I want to achieve in life? And more importantly, what do I want to give and pour into others? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I would identify myself with being a survivor because a lot of people can look at situations and get sad or get pessimistic about it, or um, they can go down a negative path. And for me, it was all about having the zeal and the passion to make something of myself. And, and God really, you know, blessed me in a lot of different ways to be able to stay focused and keep my eyes on the prize. So definitely a survivor. And then I think that what's important about me and how I would identify myself. And I think this is always a tough question is it's just being, extremely hardworking, um, knowing that nothing comes easy, right? There's no shortcuts in life. So you got to really work for it and really just being deeply spiritual. Some people kind of uh, interweave um, religious and spiritual, but it's having that intimate relationship with whatever you serve, right? Whoever you serve. And for me, it's Christ, right? And so um, that allows me when things do get tough and things um, may not go as as I wish is to just say, I trust you, Lord. Right. Well, whatever that is. Mm. And so that's really how it would define myself. I am a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a sister and I'm a friend. Um, more importantly, I'm a follower of Christ. Mm. There you have it. You know, I think a lot of times we look to business women and men And we just see who it is that they present, Mm -hmm. right? Whether they're in a boardroom or if they're, you know, sharing their commentary or whatever the case may be. We may be reading an interview about them to learn more about them. But we don't often get the breakdown, uh, the fundamentals, Mm -hmm. right? The atoms of who someone is at their core. And I appreciate you sharing who you are at your core with us, because I really think it's going to guide a lot of this conversation in the ways that you show up for yourself, your family, for your business, for your career. And it all seems to be in alignment. Mm -hmm. But I am, from personal experience, I know that that is not easy work, right? Um, Not that being integral is challenging for some, it is, you know. But it really, I'm like, wow, you really have integrity issues and heart issues. What's going on with that? Like, oh my God. Right. (laughs) Right. Let's do some open heart surgery. But it all comes into play with how you show up. That's right. My goodness. Your posture is incredible. You know, you're impeccable with your word and you've been through. Right. And now you're on on the other side. So I'm so glad that you are here with us. Thank you. So am I. You are welcome. Okay. Now you are in the beauty industry, Mm -hmm. 
the natural care, beauty, body. You are killing it. And you're welcome. And I know that you've had this this journey, Mm -hmm. right, that where you've been navigating career and entrepreneurship or just being a business. Mm -hmm. Right. What attracted you to the beauty industry? Yes. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my career background and how I got started into beauty. And so I have an undergrad in uh, marketing and I also have a master's in integrated marketing communications. And so initially my 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 career started out in marketing, all right? So I was a marketing research manager um, and later went to work for a software company. Um, and in that software company, um, I had the wonderful opportunity. So my way into the beauty industry really came by way of opportunity. The owner of that uh, personal care brand came to me and he said, hey, Sherelle, um, I just acquired a personal care luxury boutique brand. Do you want to run it? And by and at that time, he had a CEO and that was kind of it. And um, and it would just be myself if I said yes. And so I kind of thought to myself, hey, we have software, we have uh, beauty, like cosmetics, like, of course. Right. Um, but what he didn't tell me, Lydia, was the fact that the uh, company was purchased out of bankruptcy. And so that meant, you wow. know, everything had to be done. And more importantly, um, myself and the CEO was responsible for strategic turnaround strategy, right? How are we going to turn around mm-hmm. this brand and help it succeed? And so that meant there were massive challenges of rebranding, uh, reformulation, stabilization of 250 SKUs. You had packaging, you had labeling, you also had international sourcing. So sourcing products, um, um, from Japan, from China, et cetera. Uh, and there were also two stores. So we were responsible for retail infrastructure and supply chain infrastructure. Um, but when I tell you it was completely like chaotic. It was crazy every single day. Just imagine it, 250 products. He didn't say five, he didn't say 10, <laughs> like they gave us 250. And and so that means every day we were busy, every day we were working really hard. And mind you, it's two of us. Um, but in mm. during that journey, um, when you have a chance and an opportunity to kind of conceptualize an idea um, and synthesize what's going to go in that product and then communicate, mm. right? What do you want this product to achieve. And then you ultimately get that back and you're able to touch it and feel it and smell it and just kind of experience it. For me, there was no better feeling. There was no, I was like, that's when I got my bug. I was like, you know what? This is it. And so I really made a decision. um, Do I go work for, you know, one of large multinational brands, the Estee Lauders, the L'Oreal, or do I just take my time and I build something myself? Right. And so that was really how uh, I got into the beauty industry, how I got my bug and ultimately um, the deciding point to build my own brand. Ultimately, you know, you said two key words for me, opportunity and build. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is really key because we don't often get presented with opportunities to see, touch, feel, and be a part of the decision making. Mm. And here you were thrown into this Mm rebranding and really taking interest in the opportunity. And you found another opportunity 
to build. Yes. You know, that is incredible. Sometimes we're met with these opportunities and they look like challenges and we're like, oh, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> sure. right? right. You got to have a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. You, I just want to stay on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I want to know more about that process. You got to see, touch and feel. Yes. What was it like, you know, when you were met with the learning curve and overcoming those challenges. Yes. And so for me, I am a learner by nature. And so uh, to your point, I just really took the the challenge and I went with it, right? And truthfully, I always had a love for beauty, right? I mean, as a woman, you you have your lipsticks and your makeups. and, And so I already had an affinity for it, but to be able to see it in the background, to be able to, you know, analyze things and, and more importantly, make the decisions was just empowering in a lot of different ways. But also what that taught me too was there may be some highs, but there's some crazy lows. So for example, you know, the CEO and I picked out, you know, some tubes, right? We got the tubes from China, you know, it might've been, you know, 50,000. And then we get, we get a call from a customer that the tube just exploded on the plane. And we're like, Whoa, how, how did that happen? What, what did we do? Right. And so we learned that, um, basically just based on the velocity, um, in the skies, et cetera, that impacts formulations and that impacts the pressure on the tubes. Right. And so to your point, that was a really great learning that one, (laughs) we need to ask better questions (laughs) and two, Mm. we need to be concerned about the types of formulas, um, as well as the pressure that the tubes can handle, like on an airplane. And so there was little nuances and little experiences as such, right, that taught us a lot um, about, one, what can go wrong (laughs) and what can go really right. And so before even jumping into my own enterprise and my own venture, I knew, like, this is a roller coaster, so get ready, right? What you anticipate is going to go right is is Mm. hardly ever going to go right. Um, But the thrill of it all was was all I needed to kind of sign myself up to say yes, because I knew that I had the work ethic and I knew I could depend on myself to kind of make things happen in the beginning. Your yes opened so many doors. Mm -hmm. You went from marketing to this tiny team, (laughs) but mighty team, right? And it sounds like you dabbed into chemistry because you're talking about these formulations Mm -hmm. and velocity. I'm like, wait, now you're in some kind of (laughs) aerospace. (laughs) I don't even know. Like, who are you? Right. Um, And then you have the business side. All of that came because you said yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So it sounds like in the thick of this, you have to have a yes in your heart. Yes. Absolutely. I I would definitely agree with that. And then it was also to your point of making those decisions um, led me to all of the yeses, right? Whether even if I had doubt, I knew I could research. I knew I could ask questions. I knew like I was really empowered. um, And I knew that whatever that would lead me to, um, that was kind of my training ground, right? Like that was my blueprint to whatever was next for me. So I knew that in the moment and I, and I really took advantage of it and learned everything I could. That is incredible. And, you know, I really want to just emphasize that we are having this conversation because these opportunities still exist mm-hmm. during a pandemic. And while we're living in this national moment and people are trying to figure it out, 
I believe that there are ways to still join teams and mm-hmm. innovate and learn and reach out to people, right? If you aren't employed at the time, yes. there's still an opportunity for you to learn, to grow, mm-hmm. to build. And that is exactly why we're having this conversation. Sherelle, you've been able to manage your professional career while establishing, growing, and running a successful business. Mm-hmm. I do not know how you do it all, but there are people who do and you are one of them. (laughs) You know, what is it like or what was it like pivoting and finding a healthy balance between the two? Yes. So that that definitely was not easy. But from the beginning, um, I knew that I sort of had a foot up because I had all of this knowledge, right, from my past experience, right? I had this knowledge base to sort of lean on. And then the second part of that was kind of promising to myself um, that it was going to be a slower pace, right? Because I wanted to do this right and I wanted to um, take my time and build something special, right? And so what that meant to your point was, I'm going to have a career, I'm going to continue to have a job and then I'm going to pretty much use my savings, use my, my financial nuggets that I have and build this business. And so it it definitely wasn't easy, but what, what it showed me was that, you know, it gave me the opposite of what the job or the career uh, or position didn't give me. Like I could forego the lengthy approval processes, right? Um, I didn't have to worry about internal politics. Um, I could make swift decisions and be very agile in the business. And so it was sort of a release from the day-to-day of processes and internal politics and all that other stuff, right? And it was like, yo, I'm just going to make a decision. I'm just going to move forward. I'm just going to do these things. And ultimately, you know, I own the decisions. And so it was a great outlet for me, um, but definitely sacrifices along the way. Mm. And, you know, I had this side note, right? I actually had a conversation with someone. They told me that the get my life chore was a red flag for them. Mm. And a recruiter reached out to me. This is a complete moment of transparency. Of course, I'll remain completely professional about it, but I want to share this mm-hmm. because this is a reality for a lot of people. A number of employers do not want their employees Mm -hmm. to have side hustles, you know, small businesses on the side. A number of people who work in government typically have the luxury of being able to do both because of the flexibility and their commitment. But there are some people who do not want you to have your own. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how you were able to or how you've been able to manage that, you know, show up? you know, overperform mm-hmm. and then still do numbers. What can be you're mm-hmm. in target stores. You're not, you know, um, formulating products in your bathroom and no. selling them out your trunk. Like no. you actually have <laughs> a real thriving business. Sure. So, so one, I, I, I will say I've been blessed. I've been blessed to work for a company that's open to any and everyone having a, a business, right? If it's not in direct competition with the company. So you're right. A lot of employers aren't open to that. But for me, um, when I joined, when I ultimately left that personal care company and went on to the next, um, organization, uh, everyone had a side job and I was like, Oh, this is, this is, this is great. (laughs) And so it was honestly, it was never a thing. Um, and so even my boss, like he had his own thing that he was doing, which is great. Right. And so when I ultimately told him, I'm like, Hey, you know, I have this interesting thing going on. He was like, great, you know, do, 
do your thing, you know? And, and, and that for me was just like, that was really uh, assuring that I could truly reach my dreams without have to, having to sacrifice trying to have a career at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that made it easier. But I but I think um, a lot of entrepreneurs should keep in mind that also I utilize the power of technology. Right. And so nowadays there are accounting systems and there's project management systems and there are a lot of enterprise and, and uh, self-serve systems that can be used to help you keep you organized. So you can work from wherever you are. And so for me, that was that's what kind of kept me afloat. The fact that I could send an email to our warehouse and say, hey, Hey, ship it to Target, right? Uh, I can do that in between meetings while I'm headed from another meeting, right? Um, and then I did have a, you know, a degree of flexibility, but that's what really made it easy for me. It started with my our the, the culture of the business being very open to having that side hustle, and then ultimately being open with my boss, and he was okay with it, and and then making sure time management was really key in between meetings or you know at lunch or after lunch, etc. Have you found that you are more of an asset to your company at all as a businesswoman? <laughs> um, yes, I, I will say because, um, as you know, any corporation, there are silos and there's there's different departments. Right. And so one of the things that was really um, it was I wouldn't call it a highlight, but it was refreshing is when um, particularly with my team, we work with client services. Also, we we handle strategic marketing for our national business um, advertising. And uh, because I had that software background and because I, I deal with software software systems to sort of build out Canvi. I had a good, un- I have a good understanding of it. Right. And mm-hmm. so when, when we had a state, let's say an IT request, I was able to really sort of build out what that IT infrastructure looked like and be able to communicate that. And the IT director was like, wow, we've never seen a thorough software request. Like she, he was, she was saying in <laughs> 20 years that I've been here. Right. Um, and, yeah. and not to, you know, pat myself on the back, but that's to show the level of detail that it takes, right, to succeed as a CEO. You you have to really understand your business and understand how it's going to grow. And because of that, I was able to kind of communicate those details in such a detailed way that they they recognize the value and or and or the human capital that I present to the company. Hmm. There are so many transferable skills that we can acquire in the workplace and take with us into business. I'd love for you to share some of those skills. Now you've already shared that you are an asset and you are streamlining um, processes, right? Mm-hmm. Making it plain for others. And I, I want to assume, and I know I'm not supposed to, but I want to assume that you've been able to really impart some wisdom and some knowledge on others as you show up just because of your business acumen. Mm -hmm. You can say, no, that's not the truth or it is, but I'm just going to say it is. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Right. Because you don't realize how much we're teaching people as we learn and as we do business. Mm -hmm. Right. But can you outline some of the transferable skills that you've been able to um, use both professionally and as a CEO? Yes. And and I, and I think, 
Uh, that's a really great point because oftentimes when we're thinking about the journey of creating self-security, right? When we have a career and we're thinking about building a business of some type, we take that for granted what we have learned um, in our jobs, right? Some people are just so frustrated that they don't see like you've built X, Y, and Z, right? To be able to help you or help your brand propel itself in the marketplace. And so some of those things that I think is uh, some of those characteristics, um, that I think are really key um, is really to know how to succinctly communicate um, mm-hmm. and, and in a persuasive way, right? Um, and so I, I do, I do, I don't do a ton of reading, but I do listen to a good amount of podcast. Um, and I listen to um, the ways that the Silicon Valley CEOs are communicating themselves and how, um, how because oftentimes they could sell people the moon and not even have a product done. And granted, mm-hmm. networks are different and things of that nature. But I think a, a core characteristic that you must develop and that you must, and something that can help propel your business, be able to communicate, right? Right. Clearly. And then the second thing is um, articulate the value proposition. Um, And I think in my career, based on being in the field of marketing, that has really um, provided opportunity in a lot of different ways. Right. When they say, well, how is your brand? How is your brand different? We're able to communicate that. Or when you're talking to a consumer. Right. And they're saying, help me figure out why I should try your product. Right. Being able to create to communicate that value proposition is really key. And then thirdly, uh, I think building relationships, right? And so people say this all the time. I don't know if you hear this, Lydia, but I hear it all the time. You have to be able to build relationships. But the question is, like, what does that mean, right? Right. Um, And here's, in my opinion, here's what it means. It means being able to build a common ground with someone, right? Um, So, for example, finding out what are their likes, What are their hobbies? What are the things that they like to do? So when you're in conversation with someone, it's how are your kids when they play at the baseball field, right? So you have that commonality of building a relationship. And I think the second part of that is just being nice and just being authentic, right? Because people can feel that. That's not a thing. That's something people feel. So whether it's, you know, sending a birthday card, whether it's sending a Christmas gift, whether it's just showing your gratitude with saying, hey, you did a really good job. And it doesn't matter if you're getting anything back to say, you really killed that meeting. You really did a great job. Thank you for having organized, um, streamlined work, right? That's how you build a relationship. It's not always call someone, send an email. It's doing the things that you don't necessarily need anything in return. And just by nature, that's how I've been able to build a a network and build relationship. It's because I don't always anticipate anything in return. And more importantly, it's helping others when, you know, they don't need anything, right? It's giving them advice and giving them nuggets that that they can, they can have, whether it's personal or it's professional. And I'm sorry, you going to say something? Oh, I was honestly agreeing. Sometimes I sit (laughs) in my chair and I'm rocking back and forth, not trying to make too much noise because (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, okay, Lydia, be quiet. (laughs) Amen corner. But I clearly came through on that one because I'm like, I'm so glad you are saying this. Mm -hmm. We don't realize that it is important to go deep with people. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So many distractions like the social medias and comparison, all these things that take away from truly building deep relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize the impact that it has us on a long in the long run, right? We have all these connections, all these yeah. followers, all this X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. we're wondering why we're not getting to where it is we've been called to, right? Mm-hmm. And part of that, I believe, is the relationships part. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate, you know, us being able to have conversations and you say what you say to me. And I'm like, wow, she really means that. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm like, that is major, right? But we live in a time where a lot of people say some things that sound great and have no follow-up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's true. Oh. It's true. And, and then I think the last, I think, point I would say in terms of those characteristics or skills that you can take forward to really build out a great business is... Um, really, whatever job, whatever company, wherever you're working right now, everyone has a secret sauce, right? And uh, not necessarily their proprietary information, but there's there's a reason why they're great and there's a reason why they're in business. So whatever that is, you don't have, you, I'm not encouraging you to steal, but know how they build a first class business, right? Whether it's great customer service, whether it's, you know, uh, being prompt, reaching customers, right? Um, or contacting them back, whether it's making sure that they have 15 quality checks before the product is released, right? Making sure that everyone is paying uh, attention to the detail in terms of how a store or whatever may look. There's a reason why every company is successful. And so while you're in your business or you're at your job, pay attention to that, right? And so when you build your business, of course, you're not copying or stealing anyone's formula, but you say, hey, instead of doing 15 checks, Maybe I do five checks, right? Um, And and maybe that's going to help me build uh, a first-class product that is going to differentiate me from competitors. And so I I say that because I've learned from each and every one of my my jobs and my bosses, I've learned something special about, um, you know, the company. And so with that, um, that's how I would sum up the characteristics. That's really good. Now, you know, this is the Get My Life Tour. You have gracefully taken center stage, and I want to thank you for all of the gems that you just shared with us. I most definitely am putting some of those in my pocket and running with them because, you know, entrepreneurship is not easy. And Mm -hmm. so many of us think that once we exit a job or we've gotten, you know, however far we've gotten in our careers, that we can just leap. And that is not always the case, right? I remember yeah. having a conversation with you and I was like, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, on my own until I need to be employed. And I heard you get quiet and I was like, you know what? I respect her silence, but I also hear what she's saying. <laughs> I was like, I, I heard you, Sherelle. I heard you. <laughs> and that honestly corrected something in my spirit because I have exited a space where I outgrew. Right. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I position myself in a way that is arrogant and I end up with the shorter stick in life. Mm -hmm. Right. As I have conversations with people, I'm like, okay, I'm looking for the right fit. And if I have to enter and when I enter and this is what and, you know, and having these conversations with like, okay, look. The Get My Life Tour is coming with me and X, Y, and Z and whatever else, you know, the conversation is. But in your silence, 
you truly corrected my spirit, right? Mm. And it's because of the respect I have for you, the experience that you have. And I, I, I discerned, you know, that you were like, you need to think about what you just said. And I'm just going to let you think. So I'm going to be quiet. And I thought about it, Sherelle. I thought about it. Interesting. And, and this is why we are having this conversation right now, right? <laughs> because life, like I always say, say, excuse me, um, often poses these questions that we don't have the answers to. And in that conversation, I got the answer. So mm. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Same here. Right. Okay. So with you being center stage, I have to ask you, what has been a get my life moment for you personally or professionally? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. So, um, I shared with you that uh, I worked for that personal care company, right? And built that up and, you know, worked with vendors in China, which meant it's a 12 hour difference. So that meant I was up at midnight talking to vendors. I was coming in in the week on the weekend. No one had to ask me to do that, but that's, that's just how passionate I was. Um, and in that process, we did start to grow and start to, you know, hire a few more team members. And, and then I heard when that, you know, people were getting increases in salaries and I'm, I'm like, okay, no one, no one came to me. Uh, and I, I didn't get a tap on the shoulder. Um, and so I was sort of hurt that, uh, all this work and all this time that, um, I had put into this business and this brand. And I even called one of my buddies and I said, Hey, um, wow, I'm, I'm really hurt that I, I heard this and it's actually happened. They're like ha- handing out like salaries, like increases. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't, they didn't consider me, nor did they ask. Right. And I was really hurt. And my buddy was just like, Hey, listen, this, that's just called business. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just what it is. But in that moment, Lydia, I, I promised myself and I told myself that I would never fall in love with someone else's company. And that was my moment. Um, and my get, that get my life moment sat in my soul and it sat in my spirit. And that was one of the top drivers for me, even with another job, right? Even holding down, uh, you know, a director's position, um, which really drove me because I'm like, if I could spend all of this time and all of this effort building somebody else's brand, imagine what I could do for myself. Imagine, you know, what I could bring to the table if, um, if I knew I could bet on my work ethic and, and more importantly, have the knowledge to do that in a very smart and intelligent way. And so that was the moment for me in my professional career that I wanted to create a journey of creating that self, um, just just creating that creating that moment where I knew I could bet on myself and creating a space for self security, right? As opposed to job security, that was that self security moment for me. Mm. Self security. And a mm-hmm. promise to never fall in love with someone else's business. Mm-hmm. 
that was the moment. We could stop right here and I would have everything that I needed. But <laughs> this show must go on, Sherelle. This, that is gold. That is truly gold. Wow. You know, so many of us go hard for mm-hmm. other companies and other brands and we really think that our value comes or our you know the value we place on ourselves comes from how well we perform for others Mm -hmm. and I read this quote and I wrote it down in Harlem I'm going to try to remember it here in California Mm -hmm. but I believe it goes your salary is the price they pay you to forget your dreams. Ooh, wow. That's a good one. I don't even know who said it, but I I read (laughs) it somewhere, Sherelle, and I literally wrote it down. I don't know if I was listening to a podcast or something on YouTube, but I wrote it on a sticky note and tacked it on the wall in Harlem. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to Mm. remember this. Right. And then this year I did my taxes. I'm telling y'all all all my business. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. We getting our lives. Okay. Clearly. And when I saw the numbers, I knew that I was overworked, underpaid. Mm. I kept using these words, brand equity and work ethic and value. Mm. And I just knew that I would be getting so much more. And then I looked at the numbers and I was like, what was I talking about when I was saying so much more? (laughs) Right. So you saying, you know, not falling in love with someone else's business. That is real. We often Mm -hmm. fall in love and then there's no one there to pick us up per se. And then we are expected to keep it moving or we have to keep it moving. Yes. But with that, that doesn't mean you don't learn, right? That doesn't mean that you don't benefit, right? Financially, whether that's saving up money to put towards your business, it just means that, you know, this isn't your forever, Mm. right? Um, And, and that's what, that doesn't mean I don't work hard, but I just know it's not my forever. So it's a lot of things I don't sweat, right? So, you know, my, my team always say, wow, you, nothing just gets you upset. Nothing like stresses you out. And I always say, I got bigger and better things to be worried about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they might not have known what I meant at the time, but it's like, listen, I can't, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my very best. I am going to bring the best for my team, right? I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to uplift them. Um, and I'm going to deliver every day, but I'm, I, I am not going to be stressed out about someone else's company. Oh no, mm. I, I'm not, I'm over that. I'm that chapter is long gone. And that's really the approach that I took. I heard that. Mm-hmm. Now, as we think about being, you know, professionals and also business women and men, what advice do you have for others when it comes to using their salaries or their jobs to <laughs> fund their business? How can people be smart about mm-hmm. how they use their salaries? Let me ask you that. 
Yes, there's there's definitely an art of deploying capital in a meaningful way. And when we say capital, when you're first starting, it would be your savings, unless you have you know rich uncle or you have resources beyond your bank account. But many of us don't, right? Like you know, I, I have parents; they aren't rich. I have family; they aren't rich or wealthy. So at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, if I want to start this, it, it has to start from my my bank account or um, different means, whether it's a loan, etc. But what I will say. If you're doing that based on, you know, the salary that you make is to just utilize utilize forms based on your essential business needs and how you're going to acquire customers. So there's a list that you would build. It's like, hey, here's my must haves to survive. Right. And then here's the nice to haves is because the number one rule in business is not to run out of money. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and because if when you're out of money, you're out of resources, you just you can't move forward. Right. Whether you whether it's buying your product or trying to do marketing or investing in something that makes you really happy, um, you can't move forward. So I would say that um, strategize on your needs. So here's an example. So if you're thinking about a product or service, right? And so for your product, it's like, what do I need to how much money do I need to create a prototype? right? Um, or a sample. And you, whatever that is, that is your budget to get you to the next step. Because if you can't develop a prototype, then ultimately you can't develop a batch of anything. Um, so whatever that cost is for that prototype, you determine that, you build that up, you develop that, right? And then the next step, once that's correct, you figure out um, what does it take to develop or build, a, get a small batch going? Some people do it in their kitchens. I didn't want to go that route because I knew ultimately uh, we want Canby at Canby. We want to build a brand that was going to be in big box uh, retail stores um, and other locations. Right. And or or I should say opportunities. Um, and so for us, it was partnering with a co-packer or a, a a manufacturing company that one, we put an NDA in place and they were willing to do small batches for us. So small batches was, you know, 500 units, a thousand units, right? Um, some companies at the time, five years ago, they weren't open to that because the minimums were five or 10,000. But nowadays with a ton of independent, small startups, uh, more companies are open to that. And so I said, hey, how much is it going to cost me to, to develop a thousand units? And then you determine, right, that's a need that you have in order to grow the business. And so that's just an example, but that's how you determine your must-haves versus your nice-to-haves. A lot of people in the beginning spend a ton of money getting t-shirts and mugs and cups and things that you don't necessarily need, um, but they think it's cool. And so, again, you just have to prioritize it on what's important. And, and then the next phase is once you have exhausted, you think, um, your growth, right? Like you're actually growing traction and you're like, man, this is this is growing bigger than what I could imagine. And then it's you go to that second stage of financing or funding the business. And I'm a big proponent in believing that um, just because you can raise the money, that doesn't equal success. Right. Like there's a lot of hype right now and raising capital and getting investment dollars. But there, there's a real responsibility once you sign the dotted line for securing any funding, right? One, they want their money back in some shape or form. Okay. Um, and then two, it's the milestones that come with uh, receiving that money. They're going to ask you, you know, what are you going to do by this date? Or how are you going to do this in the next 12 months? 
something, you must be able to answer that. And for me, I wasn't interested in that, right? For, for our brand, I'm like, hey, I know how to do this. I accepted that it was going to be a slower pace, right? Because I'm, I'm doing two jobs right now. Um, and then I also knew that, hey, once I get to a phase where my salary can no longer fund the business, there's other sources out there that people don't tell you about. So I'm going to share that with you. So one, um, after you've exhausted all of your funds or you taken as far as you can go, you can look into crowdfunding. So that's another avenue. You can actually search for entrepreneurial grants. Uh, that's available. Um, you can either do pitch competitions. Uh, you can do small business loans. You can do peer-to-peer lending loans. Um, you could do sponsorships. You could do something called invoice factoring, or you can even ask for donations and do a hybrid of any of those. You can combine any of those, right? And so for me, I'm like, hey, when I went to the bank, they wanted your car, your house, and your heart. Like, they wanted (laughs) you to keep up everything. And I wasn't interested in that. So what I did was I looked at, you know, some peer-to-peer lending. And what that means is that you have access to, you know, X amount. You might want, whether you need 20, 30,000, 50,000. And basically the beautiful thing is all you had to do is show them your salary check, show them how much money you make. And they would issue you $10,000 in three days. Granted, it came with a higher interest rate than the bank. The bank might've given you 5% and they gave you 9%, but it was worth not having to put up collateral for the house, not having to put up your car or whatever that was. So, hey, I took that $10,000. I invested in, let's say, products or research and development, right? And then ultimately, I was able to pay it back. Um, and and that was that was a way also, once it went beyond my savings, I was able to fund the business and then look for more creative ways to grow the brand, right? As we get into Target and other things, you have to, you know, definitely utilize the money, that the revenue that you're having to reinvest in your business. But ultimately, there's a lot of different ways where you can fund the business, grow your business without getting VC dollars, without getting automatic investments um, if you know where to find it. You know what? I hope someone was taking copious notes because (laughs) you probably don't know the ins and outs of funding and Sherelle just gave it to you for free. People charge so much money for this information in webinars, on, you know, Mm -hmm. different Zoom calls, whatever the case may be. And you so graciously gave it to us at no cost. Thank you. Absolutely. And but that took years to figure out. Right. Like in the beginning, like while I might have known a lot about the beauty space, no one taught me or told me about the finance side of it. And so that's through trial and error. That's through learning. But more importantly, that's that was a commitment to myself in the beginning days that I'm not willing and I'm not interested in being on someone else's milestone timeline. Right. And trying to achieve their KPIs and and, um, indicators of what they want to achieve. So it's all in what you want. If you want to go build a billion dollar brand and get investment dollars. Listen, that's your thing. I support that. But if you want to create have ownership in your brand and and ultimately uh, build something that you believe in and it's your vision. And ultimately you build a a great, amazing team around that vision is going to thrive. Uh, Ultimately, I believe this is another route you can take. So, you know, you are, Canvi is a fully funded business by you, right? 
It is Mm -hmm. your business. And like you said, you know, if someone's interested in the billion dollar business with VC funding, then that's for them. But for you, you have this ownership that, you know, we as the people, Black people love to talk about. And it's something that more of us are aspiring, you know, to have, but you are actually doing it. You know, tell me why you decided to truly go that route. And I know you touched on it a little bit, right? But what was the main thing that raised the red flag for you when it came to fundraising, especially in this conversation about go out there, get the VC uh, funding, and let's change the number from the um, 0.02%. Yes. Great question. So what, what I recognize with entrepreneurship is, the purpose in my in, in my vision and, and through my lens is the fact that entrepreneurship is freedom, right? It's freedom to create your own rules. It's freedom to go at your own pace. Um, it's freedom to develop whatever you want to develop. And for me, I wanted that freedom, right? I didn't want to answer it to anyone. And when you accept dollars, whether people say it or not, you have to answer <laughs> to someone on what you're doing, how are you going to achieve it? Um, and, and ultimately, how fast are you going to achieve it, right? Like, what is the real timeline? And so for, for me in the beginning, I knew that was not of interest. And, and I wanted that freedom, And that doesn't mean that that will change in the next 24 months or 48 months, you know, when, um, you know, we have more retailers or more doors, et cetera. You know, we may have to get some really uh, serious capital because that's the business demands it. But right now um, and, and in the beginning, it was, hey, how do we build this brand ourselves? We have the freedom. And then ultimately, we understand the business enough where we're not asking investors what to do, right? Or, or what do they think, right? And so I, I, I'm going to be transparent. I've been able to glean um, insights from other, you know, other big company uh, CEOs in the business, right? That gave me some insights and gave me some advice um, in the in the beginning days. Who kind of told me different ways to not give away your business in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Um, for very little. So, granted, I learned that there's different ways that you achieve that. Oftentimes, you know, on, new entrepreneurs they don't know about those different ways. Right. Um, and so for me, that was important, just having the independence to make our own decisions um, and more importantly, not feel pressured for financial metrics. Because if that's the case, I could go, I could just keep my job. Right. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I could just keep my job and continue what I'm doing. But I want to create it at my own pace. And, and that 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 was the impetus for not um, trying to chase the the dollars. I love that. We've been talking so much about business and entrepreneurship and career, but I really want us to touch more on Canvi because I believe that you have built something that is so brilliant. And I'm so grateful to actually have your product. Thank you for the beautiful gift. I was so surprised. I was here in the Bay Area and I got a phone call from Midtown and (laughs) I was like, I got a curl box. Okay, wait, what? What's inside? I was like, oh, oh, okay. And they're like, you want to meet a fax? And I was like, yes, hello, FedEx sent me my box. Like, who says you get free products? <laughs> I'm like, what? Right. And then it came in the mail and I opened the box. And before I could even get the curl box out of the FedEx box, I could smell 
the mm. the natural tones of the products. Mm. I'm like, what is that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I That's opened a- the little square box of soap and I was like, wait, and then I'm I'm gonna paraphrase here, but you can use the bar of soap for your hair, of course. And still take a shower. And I had just read an article about being careful um, about pH balances and Mm -hmm. washing your hair in the shower. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sherelle found the solution. (laughs) Canby is the solution. Like those lady days, right? When I'm like, I don't want to wash my hair in the sink today because I need to just hurry up and get this over with. I can use Canby. Tell me more about why you decided to create these truly natural products and focus on scalp care. My gosh. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, the, the need, um, I was already thinking about like, you know, what is, what is going to be that hero product? What's going to be that special it? Um, and just having experience in the space, I knew like shampoo and conditioner, not that it's easy, um, but that, that's a quicker, easier way to kind of get something to market right away. And so I just really challenged myself with thinking about what is, what's something that's hard, right? Um, what's something that's different What's something that uh, others haven't tackled, but the revelation came in a way that I didn't anticipate. And so I love to get, you know, my extensions and, you know, my hair done. And one day I, I came from the salon and uh, my scalp was on fire mm, <laughs> after getting an installation, right? Um, and so my husband looks at me and he was like, babe, why don't, why don't you create something for that? And I looked at him and I'm like, well, no, that's, that's kind of lame. Or, and the reason I, I said that is because the scalp care category at the time, five years ago, wasn't sexy, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't appealing. It was like the redheaded stepchild of the industry. And so it just, it was just like, no, like, no, I I don't, I don't want to do that, but just being, um, a learner, right. That I am, I went online and I started doing research around scalp health and scalp care. And what I recognized is that women that not only, you know, had extensions or braids or protective styles, but women that colored their hair or women, um, that actually were battling and men scalp conditions, whether that was eczema or psoriasis and suburban dermatitis. And I was like, oh, wow, like there's a real opportunity here. And then the second stage for me was, okay, let's look at the marketplace. Like, like what, do, what do we have? And so I went out there and I saw it was, you know, medicated greases. And then there's, you know, tons of oils where there's coconut oil, any kind of oil you can get, right? Uh, and then there were topical creams, but there was like nothing in between that really had long lasting sensation. And, and more importantly, I am my own customer. So I was looking for something that was, that is something that I wanted, right? So I wanted it to last really long, right? The efficacy of it. And then I wanted to be clean. I wanted to have great ingredients. I wanted to, to be non-runny because, you know, think about our hair, all the money we spend on our yeah. hair. Last thing we want to do is put something on our hair and it's super runny or super greasy. I've been right? there. <laughs> Those are like the two no-nos. And so I said, hey, if I can put all of these attributes together, long-lasting, non-greasy, non-runny, phenomenal ingredients, and it works really well, and it's super lightweight, 
we could have something special, right? Um, and that's ultimately what we sought out to do. I partnered with an organic chemist, organic chemist, because I knew if I walked up to the manufacturing company, they would try to own the formula. Mm-hmm. So it was important again to know that you develop the formula and then you go to the big guys, making sure you have that non-disclosure in place, right? Um, and and you have that ownership of that formula. So that took 14 to 16 months. And that was really the genesis on how we got started. Mm. You know, I have struggled with my scalp for so long. I remember my mom and dad saying, oh, she has sensitive scalp. Oh, she has dry scalp. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a child, that fiery feel, feeling when my braids will be too tight or my scalp was dry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we tried the blue magic. We tried Maury's. We tried <laughs> Africa. Oh, yeah. Fried. I was like, yo. And then we tried the combination with the water. It was a lot. Oh, my goodness. I was like, come on. Okay. We, like, yeah. we went from less everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there weren't many options for mm-hmm. us. And there still aren't many options for us now. I love speaking to CEOs of these thriving beauty brands who are doing mm-hmm. great things in the industry. Yes. But the fact that you are focusing on the most important part um, mm-hmm. of our head when it comes to our hair is so profound. I yes. um, We always have these conversations about our crowns, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, our hair being art, but the scalp is the canvas, right? It's so important for us to take care of the scalps. I want to know what was it like, you know, formulating these products? And then did you think that Canvi would have the impact that it's having on people all over the way that it is when you first started? Yes. So in terms of formulating, it was great. Like, it was it was great to to know again you can just synthesize something and conceptualize it and then see it come to life right and so it took us three iterations to really say yes this is the product but to be honest with you Lydia um knowing the impact I wasn't aware of because in the in the beginning days it was let's just create a, a, an amazing beauty brand and then I started hearing from women that had suburban dermatitis and had psoriasis and eczema and them sharing their stories with me um, in terms of, you know, this is the, the only sort of, you know, healthy thing that, that I can use on my scalp because I the, the dermatologist or the doctor is prescribing me steroid creams and and all this stuff that's making my hair geeky. And, you know, I, I've had horrible experiences. And in that moment, that really changed the trajectory of the brand mm. and based on leaning in and listening to the customers. And I was like, hmm, OK, this is this is interesting. And and so. So for us, you know, while we thought we were in the beauty business, what we later realized is we were actually in the liberation business. Mm. We were liberating women and men alike from the frustration and agony of dealing with scalp irritation. And so that really opened up 
our eyes in a, in a different lens, in a different lane on where the brand could go. And so because of that, um, granted, we still have our beauty customers, right? Whether it's hairstyling or they have a protective style, people who just have dry, itchy scalp and have dealt with it for, for years. But then the other s- side of that is really the health and wellness side of people who have these scalp conditions. And so that led to a conversation with Moffitt Cancer Center, mm-hmm. who ranks in the one percentile of cancer hospitals in the United States. And we started having conversations about patients, right? And how when they are going through treatments and they lose their hair, there's this intense sensation that they have with their hair, with the new growth. If you think about it, think about if all of your hair were gone and you had new growth of every single strand Mm. (laughs) on your head coming through, right? So they have this intense itch sensation that they're experiencing. And and that more importantly, they're looking for healthier alternatives. Okay. And so the timing and the blessing of that was just, it, it could not have been more divine. Uh, and so today we uh, were one of the top, we're the recommended brand for scalp health in, in Moffitt Cancer Center. And that's opened up doors and in other verticals as well. But no, I, I could have never guessed in a million years that we would sort of be taking a healthcare approach um, or angle to our brand. Sherelle, that is so beautiful. (laughs) God is good. (laughs) He truly is. You know, a lot of our confidence comes from how we're able to present ourselves. Of course, what we think about ourselves, our, you know, foundation, but our hair is so important. You know, Mm -hmm. there are people who choose to be bald. There are people who, you know, have flowing tresses, but Mm -hmm. our scalp and how we feel, you know, we always have this conversation about edges in our community, right? We're like, oh, (laughs) what your edges looking like and this and that, right? right? But so many of us are not we take care of our scalps and the Mm -hmm. fact that you are giving people the opportunity to regain their confidence um, Mm -hmm. when wearing their crowns, it's, it's truly beautiful to me. It really is. Thank you. Thank you. And and I think from that, um, you know, and just to give your listeners more insight on our products. And so that product that I'm talking about is called our Scalpless Itch Calming Serum. And so that is our hero product that we launched first in the business. Um, and then customers started to say, well, what do you have for, no, they, they started to ask, is this good for dandruff and does this grow my hair? Right. Mm-hmm. And so while yes, it has attributes cause it's based in organic aloe vera and has witch hazel and manuka honey, um, lavender, et cetera, right? Really, really great ingredients. I really wanted that hero product to stay in its own lane as scalpless itch calming serum. And so because, right, we're listening to our customers as opposed to just developing products just because we listened and we developed a scalp purifying foam treatment. So it's really to tackle, you know, dandruff, flaky scalp product buildup. Because if you think of naturals nowadays, um, and I had a conversation with someone else, if you think about the amount of products that they're putting in their hair, they they may not recognize how much product is sitting on their scalp, right? Um, And so with that, we wanted to develop a different um, solution than currently what's in the market as well. And so we base our scalp purifying foam treatment in organic glycerin. Um, 
And then we have, you know, awesome Rose Bay, which works as, you know, a cleanser, uh, a natural cleanser. And then we also uh, infused it with premium lactic acid, which gently exfoliates the scalp, right? But it still allows it to keep that moisture in there. So you hear a lot about that in like skin creams, like lactic acid and things mm-hmm. of that in high-end creams and, and body lotions, et cetera. It's because it does that. And then and then we also sought out to develop a growth serum. So we have our sea mineral in organic herb restorative growth serum. And again, just being innovative, just thinking how that would work is um, one, yes, we want those growth peptides and that's what that sea mineral does. But then also um, we infuse it with vitamin B5, which allows um, nutrients to maintain in your body. So we have vitamin B5, but oftentimes Mm. we wash them out, right? Uh, They come out the body easily. And so uh, with that, we also included some CBD, right? Some, um, and, and what a lot of people don't even know why CBD is great. And so what we did was we, we combined the, the growth peptides with the vitamin B5 and the CBD is great because it reduces inflammation throughout the body. Mm. And oftentimes we can't get the nutrients that we need is because our body is inflamed. And think about your scalp. You can't get those because your flame is in scalp, whether it's braids or protective styles or you haven't washed it or whatever that is. And so if you reduce that inflammation and then you have that vitamin B5 that allows your scalp to maintain, right, um, those essentials that are coming and then ultimately have the growth peptides with the C minerals, you could develop something really great and have great performance. And so, again, we are very intentional about the ingredients we put in and why and how they work. And I think that really sets our brand apart. You know, this may be very quirky, but a big part of getting our lives means getting our scalp health Oh yeah, in check, right? And just our overall health. The fact that your products are helping people to take better care of themselves mm-hmm. truly sets Canvy apart. Yes. They're, I, I'm championing for the brand right now and you, but I want to live my life in a way where my health is a priority and to know that, you know, we make so many investments in these products and a lot of them, we don't even know how to pronounce the words (laughs) (laughs) of the ingredients. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, never mind. Right. (laughs) Right. But you're saying lavender and witch hazel and, all these other key ingredients. When I tell y'all, when you get these products in Target, plug, <laughs> the way that you you smell the natural tones. I don't know how else to refer the to botanicals. it. Smelling it. Mm-hmm. Yes, the botanicals. They are so fresh. Mm-hmm. You create clean products. Um, and you know, there was a study, I believe, either in early 2019 or late 2018 mm-hmm. and researchers found that black women have more health issues because of our hair products. The chemicals put in hair products predominantly used by black women yeah. cause health issues later down the line. Mm. So to know that you've been intentional about what it is that people, you know, from all backgrounds are, you know, using topically yes 
is is so profound because sometimes we're just trying to create and whatever works works and what <laughs> smells good smells good yeah. and then we stick a label on it and it's like okay twenty dollars I'm like wait what <laughs> <laughs> right right exactly or, and, and 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 you you have a valid point there I think we as a brand you know our mission um, and that's where the word Canby comes from is really your body is your canvas right. Um, and our mission is to celebrate, right, your inner canvas and really enhance your outer canvas. But with that is having a responsibility to have good products, right? Um, knowing that products do enter your bloodstream, right? Um, and so most brands, to your point, the objective is to achieve a style, right? And to to make yeah. sure that hair, it looks great or that shine is great. But uh, do they do they take responsibility for what those ingredients could be doing in your bloodstream. I don't know, but that's what we do. We, we are very conscious about that just because one, I'm putting it on myself and my daughters. That's the responsibility I have for them. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I challenge, you know, every consumer to become more intelligent about what they are putting on, you know, their bodies and also what they're consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Challenge accepted. <laughs> awesome. You know, we are at the point on tour where it is time for you to drop the mic. I feel like you dropped the mic and picked it up again and dropped it again. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Sherelle, we're not there yet. No. We're not there yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so grateful for everything that you shared. You are truly helping us to smarten up about how we show up to our workplaces, in business, for ourselves, Mm -hmm. for others. And that is what the Get My Life Tour is all about. Mm -hmm. You know, how you live your life is your business. And lifestyle is so important to me. Mm -hmm. And I believe that our lifestyles are an extension of our business. And that's why I say how you live your life is your business. Yes. You know, you have really left it all here on the stage. But now it is time for you to drop the mic. (laughs) (laughs) So I will give you a second. um, And when you are ready, have at it. Sure, sure. So, you know, if I could share with you know, everyone that's listening right now and even you, Lydia, as you continue to grow your platform and do big and major things throughout the world is to really, as you reach the pinnacle of your success, and I I think about this daily, is how will you use your influence and your platform to positively impact people? in the world. And, and I say that is because in all of this, in, in developing Canby, growing a business, I always think about, okay, once, once I have that pinnacle of success, whatever I consider that to be, how am I going to help um, drive economic development back in the Bahamas, right? I, I was afforded an opportunity to come to the United States, but many, many others won't have that opportunity. So how can I give back in, in in that way. And so one thing I'll leave with you and, and your wonderful Get My Life family is, you know, just remember this, you know, Jeremiah 5, um, chapter 5, verses 27 and 28 says um, that, you know, he will give you opportunities to grow and be rich, right? But the goal is not just for that. And I'm paraphrasing here. It's really 
to think about how will you excel in regards to evil matters. So it, the, the verse says, have you taken up cases for the orphans and have you defended the rights of the needy? And so as you develop the pinnacle of success in whatever regards that is for you, don't forget about others, right? Don't forget to uplift others. Don't forget to uh, help them um, positively reach their goals and their dreams and their visions, because ultimately that's why God has blessed you. And so I'll, I'll leave you with that today. Oh, I just had to take a deep breath. You make me feel loved. I must tell you. <laughs> oh, you are loved. And you know, the feeling is truly mutual. Oh yeah. You have a way of calling people higher. Mm. And that is to be appreciated. Mm. There's so much fluff out there and the courage that it takes to be vulnerable Mm. is not something to be taken lightly. So when I say that I appreciate you, I truly do. And I am Mm -hmm. a lover of the word. And I'm (laughs) so glad that you share that reminder. Yes with us, right? Even if there's someone who's tuned in who doesn't necessarily believe, if you believe in giving back, yes. I believe that that word can resonate with you. Absolutely. As you know, you think about ways to be generous. I encourage you to just show up and share your story. Yes. Sherelle, you've shared in ways that I believe is going to move mountains. Thank you. So I just have to thank you again. My goodness, this was so fun. I had an amazing time. And, you know, anytime you want me to come back, I'm more than happy to come back. And I just love how you are so committed to uplifting others. And I think that's what it's about every day is using your platform, using your God-given talent to uplift everyone that you possibly can. And you're doing it. So extremely proud of what you've achieved and what you're doing. And I'm a fan of yours. So anytime time you want me to come back you just let me know and uh we'll take this live tour together <laughs> yes and amen that is right now i received that thank you and we are most definitely going on tour after this pandemic is over we are taking cities towns townships That's right. everything in between i would love to go to the bahamas yes take me with you take us with you anytime and you know you have to tell people how they can stay connected with you and how they can learn more about Canvi before we, you know, sign off. Absolutely. So please be sure to visit our website at canvi.com to learn more about us. And that's spelled C-A-N-V-I-I-Y.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well. Follow us on YouTube. Um, again, that's C-A-N-V-I-I-Y. And thanks so much for listening. Such a pleasure to be with you today, Lydia. Such a pleasure to be with you as well. And as always, you can stay connected with the Get My Life Tour. Visit the getmylifetour.com, sign up for our newsletter, come backstage with us, get connected on social media at the Get My Life Tour on all platforms with the exception of Twitter because it was too long. So it is at Get My Life Tour. If you'd like to stay connected with me, be sure to visit LydiaTBlanco.com or follow me on social media. Let's be connected at LydiaTBlanco. This has been an incredible stop on the tour, and there is so much more to come. We have some exciting new merchandise. We have so many things in store for you, and I just want to thank you for showing up for yourself, 
for tuning in and taking time out of your day and for being who you are. It has been real. Until the next time, I will see you here on the Get My Life Tour. Peace. Today's episode was brought to you by Canvi, a premium organic-based scalp health brand to protect against itching, flaking, and breakage. Canvi's innovative formulas are based in plant science and infused with rich antioxidants such as ultra-hydrating aloe, nourishing manuka honey, and tantalizing peppermint. All products are toxin and cruelty-free. Find Canvi on Target.com or at Canvi.com. Mm-hmm.